This morning we are continuing our teaching series entitled Yesterday, Today, and Forever, where we are looking together at some of the examples of faith that are highlighted for us in Hebrews chapter 11. And faith, as we have seen, as it's characterized in, scriptures, in the scriptures, is inherently active. Faith is not simply theoretical belief or intellectual assent, it's action, which is precisely what we have seen so far as we look together at Abel, uh, who modeled for us what it looks like to give by faith, and Abraham, who, as we saw two weeks ago, modeled what it looks like to step out in faith as he left everything that was familiar to him and everything that was comfortable to him to go to the place that God would show him. Now, after Abraham, the author of Hebrews moves very quickly through the next three generations, highlighting the faith of Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph before coming to Moses. Now, Moses was considered by Greek-speaking Jews of the first century as someone who was unusually close to God. He was also regarded in some certain Jewish circles as the greatest person in history. And so it's not surprising that Moses is presented in Hebrews chapter 3 as a stellar example of faithfulness as a way of highlighting the even greater status of Jesus as God's faithful son. And it's also not surprising that Moses then gets some extended attention here in Hebrews chapter 11 as an example, another example of what it looks like to put faith into action. If you'd like to join me in the scriptures this morning, you can turn or tap your way to Hebrews 11. We'll be starting this morning at verse 23. Uh, as always, the text will be projected on the screens behind me and also the screen in the auditorium, and you're welcome to follow along there as well. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 23. Take a look at that with me. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. And by faith, he kept the Passover and the application of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. Now, I love the way that Moses' faith there, the story of Moses' faith, emerges directly from the faith that was expressed by his parents, which seems very fitting on a morning when we have a, a, a child dedication, uh, which are all about parents passing along their faith to their children. So Moses' faith emerges very directly from the faith expressed by his parents as the author begins by reaching back and recounting the story of Moses' birth from Exodus chapter 2. And verse 23 reminds us that Moses' mother hid him for three months after he was born because of an order that the king had issued that all Hebrew boys who were born be thrown into the Nile. And the reason that she did that, the reason that she hid him away, was because she saw that Moses, as verse 23 says, was no ordinary child. 
And the Greek word that the author uses there that's translated for us as no ordinary child is asteon, which means beautiful. And interestingly enough, it's a word that's used only one other time in the entire New Testament, in Acts chapter 7, verse 20, also to describe Moses' birth. At that time, Moses was born, and he was no ordinary child. For three months, he was cared for by his family. So that same word there, no ordinary child. And then even more interestingly, asteon is also the word that's used in Exodus chapter 2, verse 2 of the Septuagint which is the Greek translation of the Old Testament, uh, when Moses' mother sees that Moses was no ordinary child, a fine child. And so this is a word that is wonderfully and consistently and uniquely descriptive of Moses at his birth, and highlighting that Moses was uniquely beautiful, that Moses was extraordinary, that there was a superior quality to him. And, and something that we see through all of these accounts here in Hebrews and Acts and Exodus is that Moses' mother could see that. that. She could see that special beauty. She had insight into the spiritual significance of her son. And as a result of that, she was not afraid to disregard the king's edict. And so the author of Hebrews here really highlights for us the boldness of Moses' parents. Right? They would not shrink in front of the hostility of Pharaoh. And all of that will, I think we will see, very much be a precursor to the bold faith that Moses would demonstrate himself. Now, as Moses' story continues in the pages of Exodus, that instead of throwing Moses into the river, per the king's edict, his mother instead put him in a basket and placed it among the reeds on the bank of the Nile. And Pharaoh's daughter saw that basket when she went down to the river to bathe, and she sent her servant to get it. And Exodus chapter 2 verse 6 says that she opened the basket, saw the baby crying inside, and felt sorry for him. And so she took him in hiring, by the grace of God, his own mother to nurse him. And then, when he was older, his mother took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she named him Moses because she drew him out of the water. And so Moses grew up in Pharaoh's home. And he grew up in Pharaoh's home while his own people were living and working as slaves. And one day, Exodus 2 tells us, when Moses was older, he went out to where his people were working and saw an Egyptian beating one of his own people. Exodus chapter 2, verse 12 says that Moses looked around, and when he saw no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. The next day, Moses went out, and he saw two Hebrews fighting. And through that encounter of breaking up that fight, Moses discovered that he had been seen killing the Egyptian the day before. And when Pharaoh heard about what had happened, he tried to kill Moses. And Moses fled and went to live in Midian, where God would later call him to lead his people out of Egypt. So now, with all of that backstory in mind, 
Let's look again at the way that the author of Hebrews interprets all of this for us in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead for his reward. Now we definitely get, I think, there the active nature of Moses' faith as we listen to those verses. Moses refused to be known as, Pharaoh's, as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt. But it's also hard to miss there the boldness that, that oozes from each of those verbs. Right? Refused, chose to be mistreated, regarded disgrace as something greater. And so there's this very distinct parallel there between Moses' faith and the faith of his parents. Right? Just like his parents, Moses, by faith, disregarded Pharaoh and his household and everything that that represented. You know, and it's such an interesting emphasis. It's such an interesting emphasis because, you know, when we think about Moses' story, there are just so many different expressions of faith. So many different ways that, that Moses demonstrated reliance on God. So many different ways that he leaned in to being sure of what he hoped for and certain of what he did not see. And there's the burning bush. Uh, those feelings of inadequacy that Moses felt so acutely in the face of God's invitation for him to go before Pharaoh and ask for his people to be released. Uh, there's the crossing of the Red Sea. Right? And those examples hardly scratch the surface. And yet, right, as extraordinary as all of those things are as acts of faith, what the author of Hebrews chooses to highlight here as most extraordinary about Moses' faith is everything that he left. What the author of Hebrew chooses to highlight here is the most extraordinary thing about Moses' faith is everything that he left, everything that he eschewed. And Moses had experienced incredible favor. Right? His, his rescue from the Nile and his adoption into Pharaoh's household represent a rags-to-riches story of the greatest magnitude. And Moses literally went from slavery to royalty. And then as the son of Pharaoh's daughter, he was afforded wealth, he was afforded status, and he was afforded privilege. But Moses relinquished all of those things in order to identify with the people of God. He relinquished all of those things in order to identify with the people of God who were effectively completely poor and powerless. But as Hebrews chapter 11, verse 26 so poignantly puts it, he regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt. And so Abraham, as we saw two weeks ago, demonstrated faith by stepping out. 
Moses here we see now in Hebrews 11 demonstrated faith by stepping down. Moses demonstrated faith by stepping down, which from a human perspective is so counterintuitive, so countercultural, and so, I think, extraordinarily bold. And I'm reminded of the story from Mark chapter 10 uh, when two of Jesus' disciples, James and John, uh, surreptitiously asked Jesus for places of favor in his kingdom. And when the rest of the disciples found out that this had taken place, Mark chapter 10 verse 41 says that they became indignant with James and John, and so much so that Jesus had to intervene. And Mark chapter 10 verse 42 says that Jesus called his disciples together, and he said, you know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now, James and John, in the context of that story, were doing something that I think a lot of us relate to very intimately. They were trying to step up. They were trying to improve their position. They were trying to improve their status. They were pursuing upward mobility. But as Jesus reveals, the way of God's kingdom is the opposite. It's downward mobility. The way of the kingdom is downward mobility. And Jesus, of course, is the ultimate example of that, right? which he shows us first through his journey from heaven to earth and then through his journey to the cross. Right? The Apostle Paul writes in Philippians 2 that Jesus, despite being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And Moses here, in a very profound sense, shows us that very same thing. He shows us that very same thing through his identification with his own people. Right, the people of God. And through that, Moses is a powerful preview for us of what Jesus would later do. And he's not only a powerful preview of what Jesus would later do, he is also a powerful preview of what we are invited to do by faith as followers of Jesus. We too are invited to that journey of stepping down. We too are invited into that journey of relinquishing, into that journey of identifying with the poor and powerless. And so what might it look like for us to live into that? What might it look like for us to boldly step down in faith in the way that we see Moses doing it? And as we consider that question this morning, I want to share a couple of things that emerge from this text, I think, relative to that. And the first of those uh, is inspired by Moses stepping down to identify with God's people. Uh, because I think that there is a particular word for us in that as Christians today. Right, so one tangible way 
for us to step down as followers of Jesus in our present day context involves boldly embracing our identity as God's people. One tangible way for us to step down as followers of Jesus today in our present day context is to embrace our identity as God's people. Because it's no secret that as followers of Jesus, as Christians, we are not viewed positively in our present day cultural context. But research shows that only three out of 10 people have a positive view of Christians. Uh, as Christians, we are seen collectively as judgmental. We are seen as hypocritical. We are seen as self-righteous. We are seen as intolerant. We are seen as homophobic. We are seen as unloving towards the LGBTQ plus community. And, and all of those things, frankly, for good reason, right? Because there has been a very palpable disconnect, generally speaking, between the reality of Jesus and the reality of Christians. Right? That disconnect is why all of those perceptions exist. I recently had coffee with someone who shared with me that from their experience as a Jewish person from the Midwest, Christians are scary and unsafe. And so there's undoubtedly some important work to be done to defy those perceptions. And that work is not about distancing ourselves from our identity as followers of Jesus. It's not about finding a different word in an attempt to dissociate ourselves or, or set, ourselves apart, set ourselves apart from all the negative perceptions and basically continuing to try to define ourselves by what we're not. Rather, it involves stepping down in the estimation of others, boldly embracing our identity and pressing into the opportunities that exist every day to represent who we are supposed to be as the people of God right? in our neighborhoods, schools, workplaces, and among the least of these. That's a very important work for us to do. Very important work for us to embrace in an active way. And so that is one very practical way, very significant way, that I think that we are invited to demonstrate the boldness of Moses and step down in faith. It's to step down and embrace our identity as followers of Jesus in the wake of what that means in our cultural context. Another way to step down in faith uh, that emerges from Moses' example here in Hebrews 11 involves embracing the poor and powerless. Right? We are to step down and embrace the poor and the powerless. Right? Moses very deliberately and intentionally stepped down from the status and the privilege and the prestige of Egypt to identify and embrace his own people who literally were slaves. And as Moses did that, that stepping down was ultimately a transformative and redemptive experience for him that fundamentally changed his life. Right? Through that stepping down, which was so counterintuitive and countercultural and unmistakably bold, Moses experienced transformation and redemption in a way that fundamentally changed his life. And God, similarly, has so many things for us when we step down by faith and embrace the poor and powerless. 
whatever that might look like. Whether that involves participating in an overseas trip like the one that we just took to Honduras, or serving food at Hope's Corner, either on a Wednesday with others from Highway during one of our sponsored meals or during a Saturday or Monday morning meal service, or delivering meals to our neighbors who are living in their vehicles in the three city approved lots in Mountain View or on the streets of Mountain View through the Reach Potential Movement. Or whether it's through distributing food with others from Highway at the Buena Vista Mobile Home Park in Palo Alto on the first and third Saturdays of every month. Or investing in the students who are in the robotics program through Hope Horizon in East Palo Alto. Because when we step down by faith, And when we embrace the poor and powerless, we open ourselves up to some of those beautiful experiences of God's kingdom, where we find not only profound and powerful experiences of a shared humanity as people created in God's image, but also a capacity to love and be loved that we never knew existed. But it takes faith takes action to step down. It takes faith to relinquish whatever sense of status and position the world affords us. It takes faith to relinquish our privilege. It takes faith to, to step down from the transactional realm of relationships, which is where we so often operate. It takes faith to step down from that and to see and to hear and identify with the needs that reside underneath everything that's on the surface. And the best way to engage in that journey of stepping down, whatever it is that it might look like for you this morning, is simply to take one step at a time. The best way to engage in the journey of stepping down is simply to take one step at a time. And so what step down will you take by faith, inspired by the journey of faith of Moses? What step down will you take to embrace your identity more fully as a follower of Jesus? What step down will you take to embrace the poor and powerless? How will we open ourselves to the things that God has for us? Would you pray with me? Our Father in heaven, we are grateful this morning uh, for this very simple but very poignant example of faith from the life of Moses. And Father, we ask your forgiveness today for all of the various ways that we hold on to the comforts that we enjoy of status and privilege and all of the other false self-constructs that we are afforded today. God, would you give us the boldness and courage of Moses, the boldness and courage of your son Jesus to release those things 
one step at a time and take active steps downward. God, as your followers, would you make us a downwardly mobile people in a way that reflects the humility and the love and the sacrifice that we see in Moses' life and in Jesus' life. Would you give us courage to take that step? And as we take it, Father, would you enable us to see the presence of your kingdom in new ways? Would you enable us to see the things that you have heart for? And God, would you be transforming our heart into your heart for those things? We love you, Father. We thank you for Moses' boldness. We thank you for his example of what it means to relinquish. And God, we ask that you would be showing us how we can follow in his footsteps and step down in the name of Jesus. Amen.